The Giants came home and delivered a much-needed win in front of the Big Blue Faithful by taking down the Washington Commanders 14-7. The defense showed up, they showed out, and they dominated. Will the Giants be able to ride this good mojo into their showdown with the Jets next weekend and keep their hopes of playoff aspirations alive? We've got plenty to talk about on this post-game victory edition of the Blue Rush Podcast by the New York Post. Taylor to the end zone. Roar! Touchdown! And finally, the Giants put six on the board. Tyrod Taylor play action again. Steps up, dumps it down. Barkley at his steam. Saquon stays on his feet and he takes it in. Touchdown, Giants! Pressure coming. He escapes. Throws to the end zone. Dotson dropped it. Incomplete. It's been a long journey, fellas. I've told you so far. It's far from over. I'm proud of you. That's a hell of a win. Welcome back to Blue Rush, our New York Giants podcast from the New York Post. I'm Giants Super Bowl champ Brandon London, a.k.a. MC at MetLife Stadium. I'm joined by my two-time Giants Super Bowl champion teammate, the great Lawrence Tynes, and the New York Giants beat writer from the New York Post, Paul Schwartz. Hey, fellas, we haven't done this in a long time. We got a victory edition of the podcast. How's everybody feeling about Sunday's win? Um, Paul, you were up in the uh, press box. You got a good look of it. Uh, Let's start off with you, man. Kick us off. Uh, How about those Giants? Look, they won the game. You don't apologize for winning a game. Scoring 14 points, you're going to win very few games in the NFL with that few points. Uh, Getting shut out in the second half. Um, but they didn't give up a lot of points, obviously. And look, we said this, right? Sometimes it's not how you play, it's who you play and where you play. And they needed this dip in competition. They really did in talent level. Um, you know, they uh, will talk about some of the mistakes they made that ordinarily would not be enough for them. You know, that would be too much for the Giants to overcome. But the commanders were in town. They usually beat the commanders. The commanders made a bunch of mistakes themselves. And there you go. You know, not pretty, not elegant. Um, Lawrence Tynes, I'm sure, loves any game with 18 punts in it. But um, um, look, they saved their season for now. And, um, you know, that that's fine. No, I don't I don't like punting. No, punting means we're not moving the ball and I don't get to kick field goals. So, uh, no, I'm always I was very selfish when it came to the punter having a lot of reps in the game. That means you're probably not playing well either. You said there was 18 punts. Yeah. 18 punts. Uh, Giants had, had eight and the um, commanders had 10 and there was a lot of really good punting in the game and wind. And we'll talk about fielding punts and things, but yeah, I mean, it was, you know, I look, I remember, this is how old um, I remember Tom Coughlin getting up there before every Washington week on that Wednesday and, and going over the offense and defense. And then he would say, and of course, the left-footed punter Tressway, um, very He's still different. there, <laughs> right? The left-footed punter Tressway, and there he was, the left-footed punter Tressway. You know, all kind of slants and angles, and uh, you know, balls falling at the feet and through the hands of Giants players. So they won the game, though, I guess. So that that's hey, a good thing. I'm going to channel my inner Allen Iverson. We talking about punting. <laughs> we talk about fun. Hey, a, a win's a win. Uh, obviously, everyone's going to be excited about it right now because it's a much-needed win, Tynes. But was it more of a Giants won this game where the commanders kind of gave that up? I think the Giants won it. I think they took it. Defensively, you couldn't ask for a better performance. I mean, Dexter Lawrence, 
I think there were six sacks total. I mean, he was involved in every single one of them, I, I believe. If you think about him taking on double teams, one time he got triple teamed on a you know a, a stunt there with Leonard to free him up to get him to the quarterback. So Dexter Lawrence was a one-man wrecking crew. The defense has really come alive. Take away the second half of the Dolphins game. They've played really good football. You know, first half against Dolphins, Buffalo obviously to hold them to 14 points, and then, you know, this outfit to seven. That's pretty good, uh, you know, a three-week run, obviously. But there's a lot to fix on offense. Um, you know, the special teams turnovers, you can't have them. It seems like they've been doing this little ring around the roses for two years trying to find a punt returner, and they just can't find one. I mean, it's it's bordering on embarrassing. They had open tryouts in a live football game tonight. They had three guys go out there and field punts. And obviously with Slayton, and you know this, Brandon, T-Mac and, and – and, uh, Coach Dave's like, hey, all you're doing is catching it. You're not returning it. You're not returning it. You're just catching it. And so that's not a good place to be. Um, but listen, like Paul said, a win is a win is a win. Um, the Giants are going to end up, you know, when this thing's all said and done, having played seven, eight playoff teams. That's unheard of for a schedule. Maybe more. It depends on what L.A. does down later in the year. But uh, this is where it softens, and and they have to find some momentum. If they if they think there's still a chance, which statistically there is, they got to go. Like they they got to go. Like they got to build off this win, get some people healthy, and and go stack some wins together. And it all comes off this defense, uh, like you said. Just to build off of what you said, times this defense has been playing sort of lights out, but you can't give them their flowers because the offense hasn't been doing much. But you saw in that first half. Wink Martindale was dialing up cover zero like it was nine one one like it was nothing like he he was calling, uh and 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 you 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 do that when you have confidence in the back end. Do you know the three corners who started today across the board? Tay Banks, Trey Hawkins the third, and your boy Cordell Flott. That's two rookies and a second year player being going up against those receivers for the Washington commanders and being Cordell able to slot, hold Cordell up slot. I call him you Cordell keep, slot. You, you called it. I said it. I told somebody today, I was like, I'm giving times his flowers because he's been talking about Cordell. He's Flott a good player. He's been all over the field, all over the field. He's a good player. Um, yeah. The defense deserves a lot of credit, but you know, like you said, you can do that. And we talked about this on the pregame show. You can do that against a young Sam Howell, right? It confused him early. They made some adjustments in the second half. You can't do that against all these veteran quarterbacks that are coming up down the road. But uh, there are some young quarterbacks, and I and I think you know Wink did a great job of knowing he could confuse this young player. So uh, kudos to his de- his his unit. They played outstanding today. Then on the defense, Paul, what what uh, kind of t- what takeaways you have about the defense? Well, the Giants came into the game with five sacks all season, right? Five sacks all season and six games, and they had five sacks in the first half. Uh, Lawrence, you mentioned Dexter Lawrence. Um, I wrote um, going into the game about Nick Gates, you know, and look, the, the Giants had a chance to sign Nick Gates. You know, he, they didn't really make a play for him. He got a nice deal with the Commanders. He started and played every snap at center for the Commanders. Um, you know, former Giant, we all like Nick Gates a lot, but Dexter Lawrence, I mean, from the first snap to second, from last, he was pushing him into that backfield. You know, I mean, he was – he had two sacks, as you said. He was he had his fingerprints on all six sacks, flushing them. Um, you know, and look, Sam Howell, a lot of the sacks were, you know, seven, eight, nine, ten-yard sacks. Because Sam Howell keeps on going back. You know, that's what these young quarterbacks do. You know what I mean? They don't set themselves. They don't – you know, Tyrod kind of looks around. 
doesn't take a big sack. You know, he goes down three, four yards, you know, Sam Howell back there. And um, yeah, you know, one guy, you know, Mick McLeod, I thought played a really strong game. You know, he was good in coverage. And um, look, Deontay Banks, you know, I'm not going to go to say we got an emerging star here, but first of all, that interception was a difficult catch, right? I mean, it was, it was, it was really a receiver catch, right? Almost, you know, you know, uh, you know, over the shoulder catch, you know, fading back on the ball. Um, he just plays play after play after play. First career interception gave the ball to his mother who was at the game. His parents are at every game. Um, you know, without a Dory Jackson to hold up like that, you know, look, it wasn't the Miami Dolphins. I get it. You know, but Terry McLaurin is a really good receiver, really good. And they they held him down nicely. First half, basically nothing. Um, you know, Tay Banks, uh, you know, is a, you know, he's he looks like a first round draft pick, doesn't he? He looks like a first round draft pick cornerback. They, and that's a good thing. They need to they need to keep a Dory on on the sideline. To me, you have young ascending players like McLeod, Flott. And Hawkins and obviously Banks. You're better with these young guys in there. I think uh, Adoree's not an ascending player like these guys. I think he's actually a descending player. And so I, I'm I'm fine with Adoree Jackson not playing another snap the rest of the season, to be honest. Well, I think you got to be careful with that. Like I said, this, nope, this is not being this, careful. I'm really? just spitting facts. Nope. This this is the commanders. You know what I mean? You know, you know, they're gonna face teams with 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 you know better passing attacks, better quarterbacks. You know, Adoree still is smart, he still is fast. Um, look, I mean, I, the more the merrier, you know what I mean? In, in my mind, you don't, you don't, you don't just put him on the side and don't play him. Look, they've had so many injuries and so many positions that, you know, if you can get a guy like a Dory and he can play, you know, you can mix the other guys in no question. Um, they need to keep you know, him out of the slot though. Like that, that experiment is a failed experiment. Okay. I don't disagree with that. Yeah. I don't disagree. I think that's where I'm judging his play is based off the slot. Like, yes, he's an outside corner, but flat has obviously solidified that position and where he feels most comfortable, and he's growing more and more comfortable. You can tell by the way he's playing. So that's actually. So do you bump Trey Hawkins, or do you allow Trey's your fourth corner, or maybe your fourth guy, and then McLeod gives you some both? Right? Can he play? I think he can play both safety and corner. So I like McLeod. He's a big body, um, really good special teams player. But yeah, he has a he has a role. It's all kind of coming together. Almost you almost hate to say this too late, right? One and five, such a big hole. And you hate to see it, but crazier stuff has happened, right? If they can get healthy and get some pieces back, um, yeah, we'll see. Offensively, I'd like to talk about offense too, if you guys don't mind. Yeah, let's 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 Riverside that because uh, Tyrod Taylor, obviously, Paul, you uh, we're in the media after a game like that, two touchdowns, no interceptions. People are going to start talking. Should Tyrod Taylor? I'll be the starting quarterback moving forward. I'm asking, I want you two guys to start. Um, me, I don't think so right away. I love the way he got the deep ball. I be, we've been asking for deep balls, five deep shots in the first half alone. But I'm going to ask you guys, Have did Tyrod Taylor do enough in the last two games for you guys to say that there's some sort of controversy, quarterback controversy? I would say no. I mean, I would say no. Look, Tyrod is a pretty good player. You know, what I mean, they gave him good money to be a good backup. That's what good backups are supposed to do. Um, limit mistakes, which he's done. He's a 13-year veteran. He's 34 years old. So I think the best thing he's done is he's been calm. He has not put the ball on the ground. He minimizes the damage on a bad play, um, you know, which, which is really good. But look, let's face it. They scored 14 points in this game. They 
you know, did not score a touchdown last game. He had three field goals. So, you know, it's not like he's tearing it up. He did the job as a backup quarterback, which which was excellent. You know, he he's he's a you know part-time starter, full-time backup right now. But the Giants are two and five right now. You know what I mean? And and so it's not like they have one game to win to get in the playoffs or anything. Daniel Jones is still there, their developmental, you know, young-ish quarterback. When he's ready, he's got to play. He's got to play. You know, I don't think there's any question about that. And um, look, Tyrod will be waiting in the wings if anything happens. I mean, this is this is what a a good veteran heady pro does and he did exactly that yeah i agree with that you know like like paul mentioned they have not lit up the scoreboard you know there's some yardage there and you're seeing some things ball coming out on time some deep throws things that daniel just quite honestly has not done this year the ball doesn't come out on time and he hasn't thrown a ton of deep balls the offensive line play and maybe it's tyrod making them look better but they've played better the last two games that Tyrod's been in there. They really have played better. If you can get, obviously, a, a healthy offensive line in front of Daniel, there's still some throws, though. You see them, these outside, outside the numbers throws that Tyrod can't make. They're almost picked off. There are a lot of deflected balls. Daniel's making those in his sleep. So, listen, Tyrod's a great player. He's a pro. He's a, a premier backup. He's not just a backup. He's a premier backup, a backup that every team would love to have, and he's played solid football. The upside with Daniel – and listen, don't underestimate him sitting for two weeks, and, and we'll see if he plays next week. But him sitting for a couple weeks, well, damn, man, look at look at Tyrod. He does get the ball out quick. He he isn't taking you know stupid sacks, or he's not panicking in the pocket. Sometimes you just need to be grabbed by the shirt and shaken and say, look, this is how you do it, dumbass, you know, <laughs> without saying that. Like, they're not going to say it. But this is, sometimes that opens your eyes up to it. Now, will he revert back to his old bad habits? Maybe running around like an idiot and getting hit for no reason. That's part of the problem with him. Uh, and Tyrod doesn't do that. So I think he's obviously got more upside, but maybe he learned, maybe he didn't. We'll, we'll have to see when he comes back uh, because there's a lot more upside with Daniel Jones at quarterback. Tyrod's final numbers on the day, 18 for 29, 279, two touchdowns. Times you mentioned the offensive line looks better when Tyrod is back there. Here's two players that look better when Tyrod's back there as well. Darren Waller, 7 for 98 with the touchdown. Jalen Hyatt, 2 for 75. We've always talked about how this how this offense needs chunk plays, how they need the big play. It's too much trying to three yards in a cloud of dust, and that just wasn't enough. Tyrod Taylor is finding a way to get this premier weapon in Darren Waller, who everyone was raving about all throughout training camp. And it's like he's looking like the Darren Waller from training camp all over again because he's getting the rock. Uh, so that I, just going for it, like you say, I think if he if Daniel sits this Jets game, Tyrod comes in and maybe they score 21 this time against this Jets defense. I think you might they Brian Dable might be forced to ride with the hot hand at that point. So I think, I mean, Paul, if you're Daniel Jones, do you look at these last two games with Tyrod and feel like you need to rush yourself back? Daniel wants to play. You know what I mean? Look, I mean, he's got symptoms in his neck, okay? Like he, he reported there was even some, you know, some symptoms in his left shoulder. That means something's there, right? An impingement, a little nerve, but it's not terrible at this point, but... There's two things. The symptoms have to go away. He has to be symptom free. And also they have to determine, you know, he's not us, right? You know, he's he's a player who who's going to, you know, 
get hit and have to run and, and maybe be a little more careful, but he's going to get sacked. He's going to have to run for first downs, things like that. So um, he, they have to look at it and say, he did not, he's not in tremendous peril to get hurt worse if he gets hit once or twice. You know, look, Daniel has urgency to play. And, and I think when he's ready to play, he will play. Now, if I'm any quarterback, I may look at the Jets' defense and say, um, I may wait another <laughs> week. You know, I may wait just one more week. You know what I mean? You know, you got the two Williams. You got Sauce Gardner. Uh, he's going to be a problem, you know. I may have uh, Jermaine Johnson. I may wait a little bit. But, look, that's not what Daniel's going to do. Especially we'll not if look, Thomas and JMS come back. Correct. I think Andrew Thomas is going to be a very strong possibility to come back. I really do. I think. This is what they were waiting for. Um, you know, very, very once he had the setback before the um, Seahawks game, they were like, okay, we're shutting him down till he's fine. Um, uh, John Michael Schmitz, I don't have a better feel for. I think there's a chance. Look, and 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 he'll make any quarterback better. And then you can start getting to that, you know, what we want, which is, is um, you know, Pew. I asked Pew um, um, today after the game because, you know, somebody asked him about playing left tackle again, and he said, Look, I'm just an employee here. I do what they tell me. You know, I, I don't argue. I do what they tell me. Um, look, he doesn't want to play left tackle. You know, he doesn't. He, <laughs> I, I wouldn't either. He came, he came here to play left guard. So I said, let me ask you something. If they come and ask you to play left guard, will that be okay with you? And he said, um, yeah, I think that would be okay with me. Yeah. So, you know, once you got that, then you got it. It was interesting what they did, right? They they put Tyree Phillips, so I thought held up okay, right? You know, he fresh. played well. Right. Fresh, fresh off the Eagles practice squad. You know, now he started five games for the Giants at right tackle last year. So they had him in there and they wanted Glowinski next to him to help him with the calls and, you know, you know, the verbiage because he has not been around. And then so they flip him and McKeithen. You know, McKeithen's more comfortable on the other side. They move McKeithen to left guard because they want Justin Pugh's presence next to the younger player, you know, so they flip flop the guards. <laughs> so the guy that's been there for two weeks, help the guy that's been there. And then the guy that's been there for three days. Hey, the two, starting, the two starting tackles were added to the roster last In week. In the last two weeks. Yeah. I mean, I mean Pugh was on the practice. Well, squad, well right. Was, right. Technically. Yes. He was added to the roster last week. So this, you know, so, um, Look, there are reinforcements coming, and I think it will be better. It would be great if John Michael Schmitz could come back and play center because then Bredesen could play guard, and we think he's the best guard on the team. So that so, would work out. So flowers to, obviously, Waller on National Tight Ends Day, the fourth Sunday in October, seven for 98 and a tud. But let's we got to talk about Saquon's fumble, whether it was or wasn't. Uh, first fumble since 2019 that he lost, guys. He's only lost two fumbles in his career. He's only fumbled five times in his career, and he's only lost two of them. It is what it is. That play could have went either way. I think it was out. I know he hates it to happen, but um, not a big worry there. We got to talk about the punt returners. This is this is unacceptable. Uh, as a special teams guy, you know we always had Dominic Hickson. We had Ahmad Bradshaw could do it, and and re- realistically, I mean Dominic probably did it my whole career. I was there. Like he was so sure-handed. Uh, could make some plays. He wasn't just a guy who could catch the ball. But you run out there, Gray. Gray has looked horrific all year. Uh, Made me nervous just from my TV set. And I don't know what they see in practice. I know they say all the right things. But I would love for T-Mac this week just to say, we need to fix it. Don't say this guy's good in practice. Don't say this. You need somebody. That should never be a – like, Dable's going to be up at night thinking about that. Right? That's one thing that's going to keep him up at night. 
And you can't have Slayton back there. You can't have any of your starters back there, but maybe you have to. But you got to, there's got to be a kid. Well, you got to have somebody. I mean, Eric Gray looked terrible on the first one, right? Um, terrible. One, and, and then, you know, and he left, actually left the game with a calf injury, right? So they, they, building a punt. Building a punt. So, I mean, it, you know, I don't think he would have gone back to the third one anyway. You know, you can't put him back there again. So he left. And then, you know, Sterling Shepard, I think in our minds, we think, well, he can do it. He's never returned a punt in his NFL career. He's been back there, but he doesn't do it. So, you know, he's not a special teams player. You think of because he's a reserve now. He's not a special teams player. He's back there in practice. Yes. Um, boy, he looked he looked rough right from is, the start. Is Pimpleton still on the roster? No. The young no. kid from uh no. Well, no. who's the I, I, I don't know the practice squad. They don't. They they cut him. Jameson Crowder was the guy yeah. that was. Well, yeah, we talked about there. that on the pregame show. But I'm saying, you know, I, remember, a young I remember. I remember some punt returnability. Early, yeah, early in Amani Toomer's career, they were looking for a punt return. Now you guys know Amani, right? The leading receiver in Giants history. history. He does not have the 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 qualifications you would think to be a punt returner, right? He doesn't have that sudden. You know, he's a long strider, things like that. And they had him returning punts, and they just said, catch the ball. Catch the, the ball. the most important and, part. You shouldn't have to worry. Which he always did. He always caught the this ball. This is two years. This is two years. This has been going on too long. Like, Richie James, God bless him, was fine, but he had his issues with fumbles and things like that and catches. Yeah, you've got to find a guy who can do this, man, and has look, confidence. That, that, look, it gave them their first touchdown, right? It gave them their Absolutely. first touchdown. Absolutely. And kept them in them. the game. It kept, it kept them in the game. There's no question. Um, look, you, you if you think of the things that, you know, we think of a team like the Giants who are completely on the margins, right? They have no room for error. So Graham Gano misses a 42-yard field goal. I know it's windy. You know, it happens, but those are lost points, you know? It's not blame. It's a fact. 42-yard field goal, he hits, what, 98% of the time? He missed it. Okay, he missed it. That's points. Kayvon Thibodeau. He dropped a punt, too. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I mean that is <laughs> – It looked like a punt. It's like it, – it's like it's – like, this pressure. I mean, Howell throws that. Thing. You talk about throwing the ball up for grabs, right? Can I? And, here, I'm gonna. Can I defend him for one second with the football? That ball was like. I don't know this. how you're going to. It was doing this. Like he's used to catching spirals. Who's used to? He's not used to catching anything. Uh, they do ball. They do ball drills. That thing was like X ball. Like you know what he did too. He, he looked up too. If you see him, he he said, "Oh, I got a touchdown." But he and said, remember, he said, "I looked up." And I yep. saw green grass in front well, of me. He had the touchdown last year against them. And, and and he said, and the ball hit me in the stomach. <laughs> oh, I mean, that, you know, we, we were talking to Kayvon, and, you know, there's a few people around asking about the sacks and about this. And somebody asked him about the, um, the drop. And he says, oh, I knew that was coming. And he was fine. He explained it. But as he's talking, Brian Dayball is walking through the locker room. So he's walking this way. And I didn't see what Dable motioned or said to him, but Kayvon's talking, you know, he's tall, he's looking, he says, he looks over, he says, yeah, I know, Dave's. I know, I know. I'm sure Dable said something to him like, catch the freaking ball, you know what I mean? So you have a missed field goal, you have a, a, a missed pick six, I mean, there's no question. You have, you know, you know, Sterling Shepard handing him a touchdown, you have Saquon fumbling when they don't need a touchdown there, right? It's just it's, a field goal. It's 17 7. You, you can run two it three times. Yep. You go two scores in this game, it's like five scores, right? The way this game is going. And he fumbles. And look, it's, it's as you mentioned, Lawrence, he's not a fumbler, never puts the ball on the ground. You know, he's, he's fighting for a couple of yards. He gets pushed backwards. Um, 
you know, that was rough. You know, I mean, I mean, you know, they easily could have folded and lost because of that. And then, you know, the commanders do come right down the field. But, you know, luckily, did Sam you, Howell Paul, did back. you have a chance to visit with Saquon after the game? Yeah, yeah how's, sure. how's his left arm? What do you say? He didn't say anything really about it. So elbow looks like an elbow. Yeah, but he didn't really say much about it. So and right. I he didn't see anything on it. Um, it's when he got hit early in the game out of yeah. bounds and he had to like brace himself. You know, Remember that real early yeah. in the game. Saquon said that um, both Brian Dable and Joe Shane spoke to him this past week with the trade deadline coming up. And he didn't say they told me they're not trading me, but um, I think they assured him we're not looking to trade you. You know what I mean? They, they, I don't think any GM ever says, I guarantee you we're not trading you because well, you can't. You can't say that. Someone, someone may offer you the world. and Right, right. You know, somebody, somebody, what happens if somebody today in a game goes down, you know, a legitimate contender with a good running back and they said, oh, geez, now we got to give them a second round pick and a third round pick next year for Saquon, you know? So, but I think they told him that we're not go shopping you. And, and then, you know, Saquon was asked about the crowd and, you know, you know, because the Giants have played so poorly at home and, um, that, and he was so he was talking about the crowd. He was also talking about Dayball and Shane and how they're behind us and this and that. And you know, I you know about the trade. And then he said, "But if we," and then he's thinking back to his fumble. He said, "But if we lost that game, they're going to ship my ass out of here. They're going to want to ship my ass out of here." And at first, we thought he was talking about you know Shane and Dayball, but then he kind of clarified he was really talking about the fans. You know what I mean? Like you know, and and you know, rightly so. You know, the fans are like, "We love you. We love you." We can't believe you fumbled the game away. You know, get his ass out of here. You know that that's that's fans, but that was they, they missed a lot of chance. As Dable said, we we this we made this game a lot harder than it should have been. Oh yeah. So when they when you break that tape down, times um when they go in uh, Monday, they break it down. Is it something where you look at it where they're like, yo, we're 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 down a bunch of guys. We almost gave the game away. Is this the rally point? to jumpstart the new season, I guess. Yeah. I mean, they're going to have to play. They're going to have to get some guys back and start next week. Get on a run. They got to get on a little mini run here. Maybe can you get it to five and five? Uh, can you stay healthy after that? Can you keep guys healthy? Because some of these younger guys, these role players have played a lot. So you've got depth now. You've got experienced depth, but it's going to be dependent upon health. But I, I, I'll be, if I'm being honest, I think the hole's too big. With two against Philly, one more against Washington, and one more against Dallas. I mean, who knows, though? I think the rest of it, you know, you wouldn't say that they can't win the rest of those games. So um, one at a time, one game at a time, they got to win, um, it, albeit ugly. They can get they can get going here. I, I think I know what this team is capable of, and they certainly haven't showed it, but they can if they – Do you? Do you know – seriously, do you know what they're capable of on offense? I mean, I don't. I mean, well, look, I just – you know what I mean? I mean, what 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 they haven't shown it. They showed it for one half. Yeah, in, in Arizona. So I don't know what they're capable of. You know, I mean, I guess I just, the NFL you know, they're, is stupid they're right now. Better, yeah, they're capable of better when Andrew Thomas is there. I get that. Um, you know, Saquon missed a lot of time, but I don't know. Is this team capable of being a a a, a top fifteen offense in a league? I'm I'm not sure about that. Maybe I not. Think they can. Maybe not top fifteen, but at least you can, you've identified who your starting three receivers are. Jalen Hyatt, Darius Slade, and Wondell Robinson. You know, Wondell against the Buffalo Bills had, what, six catches? He had one uh, today, but one for 22 where he made some moves and got upfield. 
uh, Jalen Hyde and Darius Slayton, both your deep threats. So at least you've identified that with the Darren Waller. Now it's about being able to get some guys healthy on the offensive line to protect. And now you can really take a look at what you have in terms of your playmakers on the other uh, on the outside. Times, what were you saying? Yeah, I was just thinking how crazy the NFL is, right? I mean, who had the Lions losing whatever, 38 to 6? You know, it's crazy. Everyone's had their – that's a good team. The Dallas Cowboys went out to San Francisco and got their doors blown off. You know, it's just – it's crazy. The Giants have had their doors blown off, right, against Dallas. Miami, yes, but, like, they've been kind of in the rest of these games. Uh, so I think they can like, – like Brandon says, I think this defense is going to finish top 10 in the league. Might be a little hyperbolic right now, but like they keep playing like this, they'll be a top ten defense. If the def- if the offense can just get to fifteen to twenty, who knows? Who knows? Paul, final thought before we wrap this up and kick it to the time to- uh, to the Scotsman. Well, you know what I, I I think I think one in five is like that's not what we're that's not what I'm going to focus on. And two and five because when you're one in five, you're on you know you're on life support. So now you're two and five, and it just gets you to the next week. It makes the Jet game more interesting. You know, now they will be underdogs to the Jets, and I don't know if they can score 10 points on the Jets, but it gets you to the next week. It gets me into, and I think gets all, you know, people who care about the Giants into the next week. Okay, we're coming off a win. You know, you can't lose every week. That's all there is to it. I think how many teams in the league were there that were one in five that were playing at home? I think there was like three or four of them that all won, right? Denver won, the Giants won. Um, the Patriots Bears, one, Patriots the Bears one. Yep. That's Bears four one. teams at least. They were one in five with a home game and one. So all those one in five teams are thinking like the Giants right now, right? We saved something, right? You know, and 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 you know, some of them did, and some of them just had a one week reprieve from badness. You know, and who you played, you know. Um, look, Daniel Jones is five one and one against Washington. You know, the Giants know how to beat Washington. You know, if I'm I, I was going down the elevator with some, you know, commanders writers and they sounded just like the Giants writers did there. You know, one of them was saying um, I heard him saying that, you know, everyone's going to get on Dotson for not catching that last ball. You know what I mean? And he said they got their they got their butts kicked for 60 minutes, you know, and everything like that. And I said to the guy, boy, you sound like uh, the Giants writers for a lot of these weeks. And I said, you know what? I think the Giants found an offensive line that's worse than theirs, you know, and and. So, you know, I mean, you take the win, you don't apologize, but this was, this was definitely a lot of this was who they played. um, And that's fine. You know, that's fine. And I think a lot of the fact they got their doors blown off in some of these games were who they played. They played really good teams. So um, the Jets is more on their, in their weight class, I would think. And now it gets us into this week with, you know, they're coming off a win. Maybe they can put something together here. Yeah, one guy who felt the same sentiment as the commander's beat riders was defensive tackle Jonathan Allen uh, in the locker room after. He said, I'm effing tired of this stuff. Uh, Seven bleeping years of the same stuff. Uh, A lot of people upset, but it's good that the other team is feeling upset um, uh, after this game. Two and five, got the Jets coming to MetLife, it's going to be a good game. Um, obviously, Wink Martindale is going to have something getting ready for uh, Zach Wilson. Tines is high and tight. Giants come away with the win. I'm channeling my inner dumb and dumber, so you're saying there's a chance. Now let's hear from the Scotsman. It wasn't perfect. It was a good team win. There's a lot of guys that, that worked hard to contribute, and I'd say the, the fans were a huge part of it, um, and I certainly appreciate them.
And that says cheerio to episode 159 of Blue Rush, our New York Giants podcast from the New York Post. Thanks to Andrew Hartz and the intern, Mason Verdecchio, for producing the show. Subscribe to Blue Rush on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your pods. Watch full episodes by subscribing to the New York Post Sports YouTube page. There's that tongue twister again. Just follow the Blue Rush playlist. Give us a wee thumbs up and comment below. Have the Giants turned their season around, and will they be able to take down the Jets next weekend? For Brandon London and Paul Schwartz, I'm Lawrence Tangs. We will return for our Blue Rush preview podcast on Thursday to preview the Giants matchup with those bloody Jets. Thanks for listening to Blue Rush, folks. Cheerio!